What's up, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyReason.com here with another episode of the RMR Podcast. Very special guest in the building tonight, or I'm in the building with them, I, I should say. Uh, celebration of, of Oil Month, you know, which is July has been come to be known for in the cannabis industry. We got we got some some kings of the oil craft, man. I got uh, Chris Crazy and Scott McKinley of the Dabros with me. How are we doing today, fellas? All right, man. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Maybe scan. Can you hear me? Yep, I think I think we're good. I think right. we're good. <laughs> Maybe you're good just with the chair. Chris wearing a wire. This is not a, uh, happen often. Gosh, he, uh, he feels right at home. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you know, I start off every episode with kind of our guest origin story of cannabis. So I'll start with you, Scott, and then we'll move to Chris. But just curious your origin story with the plant and the plant being uh, cannabis. Man, I grew up on military bases, so I was kind of uh, away from all cannabis until I was at the magic cannabis age of 15. And uh, my cannabis story is embarrassing for the first one because somebody gave me a little end of a sandwich baggie that was twisted off with just like one little bowl in it. And I didn't know what I was doing, so I had a little gas station keychain pipe. And I put the whole bowl with the plastic still on it in the end <laughs> and tried to light it up as a stupid 15-year-old. And I was like, that shit is stupid. I'm never smoking weed again. Of course, we we figured it out like a couple of days later. But yeah, I was just trying trying to get high. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty epic, man. We're all worried about heavy metals testing and pesticides and you straight saran wrap. Yeah, so, you know. Jeez, he was already high, bro. <laughs> what, what about you, Chris? Um, shit, just, um, I'm from the ghetto, so drugs are in the ghetto. You know, <laughs> weed was there. Um, uh, ninth grade, my ninth grade year, ninth grade, I tried it. So, what age is that? 14, 14, 14. 15, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, developed a little early for us, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, bad, bad, no behaving. I ain't, I ain't behaving, and um. Old two old friends had um had a bunch of shitty joints rolled up and we smoked about 12, 13 <laughs> of them and went downstairs, made a bunt cake, <laughs> ate the bunt cake, and then spoon ate the icing after. Never put the icing <laughs> on the cake. So yeah, uh, very happy to say my first time was it. I never stopped. I never looked back. <laughs> never a day off. Not even when I caught COVID. We still burning. So yeah. So was it getting high or was it the bunt cake while high that, that that made you love cannabis? I think it was the bunt cake, dry as ever, that sealed the deal with the cannabis. <laughs> it had to be. It had to be. It was a whole new world. The half baked with Dave Chappelle when they showed them with the Zaba Abba candy and the. That was you. That was you. That was my first time. Like, it could have been. It could have been nothing more. Spot on than exactly that. Like, look at the pretty colors. Wow, this tastes great. Nacho cheese on Doritos. Whoa. So, you know, yeah, it was something else. That, yeah, that's a great. That's a great story. Both both of you guys, are great, great, great for different reasons. Um, you know, as we move to another origin story, the origin story of the dab roast. Um, I remember Scott, you telling me the idea for the show. You know, a while before we saw the concept and the pilot, you even asked me, like, hey, would you be interested in, you know, coming and being one of the test people as I, we flushed this idea out? And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. I do not dab. And so I will not be taking 10 dabs, let alone letting someone film me take those 10 dabs. Uh, but obviously it got started after that and it's been growing. But I'm kind of curious the the early, the, the inspiration and, and what was around the, the start of, of the idea. Well, I mean, I really enjoy the idea that Hot Ones did of using the chicken wings in order to disarm their interviewer and to disarm them with all the hotness where their answers that they're giving are quicker and faster because they're not thinking about them and they're giving out more truthful, newsworthy answers. Now it's like, shit, we need to do that with dabs. Um, but season one, 10 dabs, 10 questions, every time a new person sees it, they're like, oh, you mean like Hot Ones? And um, that's the transgression of the show changing to what it is now is getting away from um, the Hot Ones format and, and turning into something new, even progressing from that 24 episodes in that. And now we're progressing from the Hot Ones format on. Um, but it started as 
let me just do like a, a version of what the hot ones is trying to do with hot wings but i want to do a cannabis version and see if dabs will take people off their kilter like hot, hot wings did might take them off their kilter in a couple different ways. Yeah, I mean, we just aired our knockout episodes where Chris knocked out Nate Robinson and Ken Shamrock. They could only do five dabs with him, and Chris kept going. Um, uh, both of them couldn't speak anymore, so they got <laughs> up and were just like, I need help. And Ken slept for, what, 36 hours afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> I was the first person he called when he woke up like Chris. And he <laughs> tapped me out. I'm like, you bastard, I needed you to say that on camera. Oh. I tapped out the world's most dangerous man, but he's the one of the coolest people I've ever met. And yeah, he was just like, I, it's a little hot in here, guys. I need a little air. I'm like, Scott, don't let him and hit the front lobby. Don't <laughs> let him hit the front lobby. I'll tell you the, the real deal. Before even walking into the room, Ken and his uh, management team pulled me aside and said, if you see me start getting crazy eyes, I really am about to hit somebody and I, I, I just lose control and I like to fight. So if you see me start getting crazy eyes in there, just get me out. And I was like, OK, you know what's crazy? I never knew that until right now. Oh, so my life was a jeopardy <laughs> filming that shit. Oh, shit was real, man. On the other side, he was egging you on to ask him he some was, real he personal questions. Like, Pay attention questions. to me. If I start losing it, get me out of there. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't get poking the bear <laughs> yeah. and shit. Chris thought that was the green light sign right there. So, so Chris, when you first heard about this idea, because I know you joined a little bit, a little bit later after after the initial start, but when you first heard about the idea, what were your thoughts and and what was kind of your your first experience within the format? It, it wasn't, and I didn't. I was coming to do a favor for my friend Scotty. Um, the 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 prior host tore his leg up, did something, sprained the ball muscle. I don't know. He was incapacitated. He couldn't come do the interview. Scott called me humbug with two, maybe three hours notice. Hey, bro, uh, can you come do a? Yeah, sure. I heard about the show. I'll be high, Scott. Busy. I didn't get around to look at it yet, so I didn't know what was going on. My buddy needs me. I'm here, and um, I've interviewed Bone Thugs and Harmony, and I don't know who the the ball head guy was that came with them, but with SMTV. So I before, and I was high doing that. So. I never had the microphone next to the, it was just a debacle. So I'm looking at this six, seven years later, like this is my cleanup, I can fix this, I can do this. So I just came to do the show, it was Kevin the Dude, um, did my best, the rest is history. I was never trying to boot bump nobody out, I was just coming to do a favor and it, it springboarded into what we have here. So and and, I love it. And with all fairness, um, before the dab was ever announced, I did a competition here called Keep Your Composure. And it was a one gram dab where you had to come take a one gram dab and then tell the camera all about yourself. And I had 11 different people that were like influencers and stuff come to come take dabs. Nobody knew that I was auditioning people for a host position though. I just did it. Um, and Chris would have been the host on day one if he didn't kebabble <laughs> at the end of his one gram dab. Side note, the kebabble is when <laughs> you, you, you throw up gyro meat or whatever you have eaten earlier that day. Could be the night before. It happens to everybody. You cough, the little long slim dot lands on the keyboard, on the table. That's a kebabble when you cough up already chewed and digested food back up in front of everyone. So he did that and Dab Life Mike, who ended up being the host for the first eight pilot episodes, he didn't kabobble, so we gave it to Dab Life Mike for the first pilot season. But whenever he broke his leg and I, I looked at um, who did the Keep Your Composure contest, Chris was absolutely the only other person who finished the one great hmm. dab. And he was able to talk afterwards. Yeah, there was a kabobble in between, but it, he was an instant, yes. I, but did you die? <laughs> but did you die? No. It was an instant, okay, got to call Chris. It wasn't even a question. Okay. And it, it makes sense. You know, I know Chris, obviously, he's been to a couple of our events, and I know, you know, he can smoke, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's things on the internet, and, and it's content we see, but, you know, so I've seen Chris in real life. You really, really put it down and not ever – at least in my experience, and I don't know you super well, but never seen you, you know, you same dude, whether you just took a gram dab, have I'm three smoking. blunts in your mouth, or you just showed up and I don't know if you've smoked, right. you know, you're the same dude. You don't know if you smoked it, right, right. 
I pride myself in that. That quality's lost in people, everybody. So rice paper thin. <laughs> ah, people are people. You gotta love them. But True. yeah, I don't. You know, we we might wobble, but we don't fall down. And and so on that sense of like some hosts uh, are unable to complete the ten. Myself, I was unwilling to even be in the early pilot because I knew I couldn't. Hold it, hold uh, it. It was just Ken, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, and Nate Robinson that didn't finish. Okay. Oh, Everybody the other else 22 guests did it. Rose McGowan, Trooper. Simon Rex, Trooper. Everybody. Everybody did it. Those two. Now, with exception, out. Simon Rex, the first time he did our pilot episode, he had a, a oh, stand-in to take a dabber for him because he was on a cleanse. When he came to do our episodes when we filmed in L.A., he showed up and said, oh, I'm on a cleanse next week. I can't smoke right now. And MJ, my girlfriend, um, she walked up to him and said, Simon, that's bullshit. We hired you for this. You're fucking dabbing. And he was like, yes, ma'am. And he sat down and took all 10 dabs that time. <laughs> just, just took a, just put, took a female, like, put him I'm in his place arguing, real quick. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with that being said, you know, how difficult is it, Chris, to take 10 dabs in a row? And keep your composure and be able to, you know, navigate interviewing someone. I'll add, and then with a two hour break, do it all over again. Cause we filmed twice in a day. It wasn't always two hour gracing period. So screw what Scott's talking about. <laughs> and it is it's hell on wheels, whatever hell week is for the Marines and shit. That's what I feel that is. It's just a gauntlet of, 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 of cannabis goodness, man. I, it's not a struggle for me. It's not a problem. So, it's not really fair asking me, but man, does that make me an addict? I don't care. People are going to judge me anyway. So, uh, uh, you know, it, shit, awesome to say the least. Fuck, I amazed myself. I, I pulled this off. Oh, we got another 10, Scott Anthony. So he did 20 okay. dabs on camera five days in a row that, while still smoking before and after the, the show. Those are... Uh, not counting in between, in the car, hiding, a special stash of dabs I'm not sharing with. Yeah, so, yeah, straight up, hell on wheels. Yeah, 20 dabs in a day on camera, that's a lot. That's, that's the minimum. That was the minimum for that. Am I doing that every day? No. No, but when dirty calls, when, did that. When the number's called, you know, when you're in season, right, you're getting the reps up. What, what did the older folks say? When in Rome... Smoke with the Romans, smoke. So, and then, and this is a little bit of a question for both you guys, but you know, when you're taking that many dabs, right? At some point, you know, the high and the and the flavor a little bit starts to somewhat blend, right? Obviously, different cannabis tastes different, but how well if you do ten dabs, there's going to be some standouts in there, something that tastes really good. How often out of those ten, and, and everything you're smoking is good, but there, we all know when you're smoking good, there's different levels to it. How many times in those ten are you like? Wow, this is unique, or wow, this this tastes a little bit better or exceptionally better than the rest. Well, for me, it was um, there's a thing called poop soup. I mean, it's horrible. Um, it's it's uh, Skechers or Jordans, like like you said, it's levels, it, it's preference for things. It's a Lexus, it's a Subaru. What do you want? So, and those all have different flavors, all different characteristics. So with the dabs, they were all different. I mean, you know, it is. Uh, oh, that was a little harsh. To we we personally wow. make so we personally make the dabs a blind taste. That too. I so, didn't know. So he like. didn't know company names when he's taking the dab. So there could be no preferential treatment. Everything is a blind dab. I didn't but know. I'll tell you, um, I loaded some dabs in there that were definitely mid grade. Some that were definitely high grade, and he usually called them out 100 percent of the time. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I played fair. Like, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't shit on nobody. You know, it's all, it was all, they're all great brands. You mm -hmm. know, they didn't even have to participate in this, in Scott's dream, in the show. So, shout out to all the sponsors, all the companies that took part in the dab roast. Just some were different than others. Chris's favorite line on the show is, that one was the best one. one. Yeah, and that was the best times. one yet. That was the best one yet. <laughs> and then the next like, one is the best one yet. And the guests are like, wait a minute, bro. You just said that. Don't mind me. I'm hot. This is the one. Yeah, this this is one, the right, one here, right, right here. So, yeah. <laughs> crazy. I mean, but I, Scott doesn't know what he's talking about. What camera are we looking into? That one? He, you know, like, have you ever made a cup this of noodle? This is all bullshit. Have you, heard, have you ever had a cup of noodle? I don't take 900 degree dabs. 
that's where we're going with this. <laughs> and it, the, the nail is pink hot. Like it dissipates before you even put the, the terps into the dab nail. He takes them very hot. Okay, me and Chris have been friends for a very long time. And he has, he has seen me when people used to take hot dabs. I don't take those anymore. My lungs are very weak these days. But he has seen me hit some red nails, and he'll never let it go. At all. Because I'm like, listen, because I did it. We've <laughs> all done it early on. When we all smoked poop soup, when it was all, yep. go, we're doing go, 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 go. As it's pink, hot, and it's just smoking and sizzling and like we were doing it wrong. So now going back to is the different taste and flavors, you got to waste it to taste it, which means you take it on a lower temperature. And then now you can taste the fruit. You know, I you have been schooled though. I have been schooled though. So now my rig at home, um, it has the turp um, nails or turp balls in there. And yeah. I do cold starts in every single one of them. And I, I waste half the dab every single time. And and it chokes me better than any dab I've ever taken. So, awesome. yeah. um, yes, at times in the old schools, I took a hot dab like everybody else. But Chris will always call me Scotty Hot Dab. That's the man, Scotty <laughs> Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah, that's yeah, for real. But you know, it, you wish it to taste it is good, bro. You love it, like oh wow. Then you're not coughing, hacking. Mm -hmm. You can look, you out. can look back on the show at the temperature gauge of Chris's dabs every time he's low. Oh, we're low riding it, yeah. Yeah, we're talking. Uh -uh, we're not going to that, ourselves. That's how you get the taste. And that's why I'd interviewed on here uh, Brad Melshanger from the, the owner of 710 Labs. And that was a big point he made was he's like, most, most people's first experience with dabs was not burning, coughing, saliva. Just not, you know, a lot of people's uh, experience with, with edibles back in the day when you didn't know. You know, yeah, everybody got too fucked up and slept smack. on the couch for 16 hours, Working you know. <laughs> pulled over on the side of the road and yeah. just somewhere but you know with this low temp of being able to taste it and take a smaller like more minor like that's really for me i'm not a big i smoke flour but dabs really take me out of my element but a nice low temp where i can taste it 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 definitely changes the experience but that's one of the evolutions but another one of those evolutions has been the types of concentrates right we moved from like pretty much just bho and shatter was kind of the next from the poop soup to a, a more shatter form to now we have, you know, live resin and rosin and dry sift and all these things. Do you guys have a preference of your favorite types of concentrates? All of them. Um, pretty much all of them. Um, I'm a personal favorite fan of um, PBHO. Okay. So a propane butane mix. Um, I've just started seeing some pressed rosin that tastes like the strain not just smells like the strain most of them to me tasted like hash they're like they're just so hash tasting that you can't really tell the difference between this rosin and that rosin until people started pressing it inside of cold rooms and the flavor never changes and it comes out really really good and that that was the trick that i didn't know before was you got to press it in a room that's 40 degrees and if you get a higher temperature it's going to ruin that flavor and as these people that are now pressing in, in cold rooms, they're keeping the flavor inside the rosin. And that, that shit is awesome. The flavor <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to say. That's what, that's what really got me into dabbing was seeing rosin when we tour a facility and I'd see them squeeze it and I'd smell it and be like, this smells just like, I can get down with this. Yeah, smell down smells down just like it, but when you taste it, it tastes just like a brick of hash. Yeah. Right. But if it's done properly, you get the taste with it too, which Tastes There's like not too many companies out there that make it taste like it smells. That's yeah, that's that's a fact, and yeah. I, that's a that's a big element of it, right? Because I think those those connections when we're smoking cannabis, when you smell the bag and then you taste it, and then obviously when the high matches it, and you get that trifecta of senses aligned. And not it's a lot a of people can thing. afford to set up that big nice lab, so solventless is the easier way to go. You can set up a solventless lab for five grand. Um, it's going to be a lot more than that to set up a BHO lab. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chris, I know you said you said all you, you like all of them, but gun to your head. What? And I'm like, you can smoke all of them. But which one are you smoking first? Which which one are you you reaching for? Which concentrate type? Are you rocks and sauce? <sighs> yeah, we got to go diamonds and juice, man. Yeah, <laughs> got to go to diamonds. Hash not. Oh, you twisted my arm, bro. <laughs> I, I told you what I told you. You said all yeah, of them. We're gonna, all yeah, of them. We'll, yeah, we'll go diamonds and sauce. Rocks. I like rocks and sauce, but I mean, a good turp sugar for me. 
Yeah, that's good. Turf sugar. It's easier to control rocks and sauce. Just, yeah. Just boom, yes. Yeah. yeah. See, but love shatter. I can do a bacon strip now. It's true. <laughs> I, you know, it's read read a book through it. Ember, piss yellow. Like, is this frozen piss, bro? You know, but yeah. It's, frozen piss. Yeah, how yellow it is. They had dark stuff, too. Looked like a Michelob bottle. Yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah. It's just like a, a, a cornucopia fruit in your mouth, even though it was dark. I like that word, like, cornucopia. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's just flavorful with shit. I love, I, I love all of them. I said what I said. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you Thank alone. You, uh, uh, <laughs> what has been so far the most memorable guest or, or the, the the best episode for you guys individually? It could be the person you're most hyped on or most excited to meet um, or just the interview that's gone the best. What are Easy some standouts for you? for me, but we'll go with Chris first. All of them. It was a freaking overwhelming experience. Um, <laughs> Who I haven't interviewed yet? Yeah, there we go. You know, they they were all they were all epic, outstanding, great, and funny in their own way. You know, everybody stood out like equally. So I, I don't I don't think I've done it yet. I don't think I've interviewed them yet. There's a lot of different celebrities that come on, and and I mean twenty four different episodes, so twenty four different options to choose from. But the one that uh, I was personally just fanboy of was Jared from Head PE, lead singer at Head PE. That dude is, I've listened to his music since I was 15, punk rock reggae, yeah, good shit. And um, I've sent bands on tour with him and he was just like, yeah, I'll fly down in the middle of COVID time. I haven't left my house in eight months, but yeah, I'll come down and do that for you. We're not gonna meet in the public, right? In the closed set. Okay, yeah, I'll come down and do that for you. He came. He had a big gray beard, never seen him in a beard before. And I was just like, dude, rock star, man. And <laughs> he killed it and talked about aliens and all kinds of good shit. And uh, yeah, I, I just, head over heels, loved the fact that Jared from Head PE came on my show. That's okay. All right. Scott put it that way, right? See, I'm high. Fuck. I didn't put much effort into it. I'm not trying to shit on anybody. I love all the guests. My favorite was Sean Kill. Like, <laughs> hometown hero he's from here you were you are that dude still yeah duncan the monster dunks the polarizing um was still the deal the sonics played in the tacoma dome one year mm. and i seen kemp maybe twice at a corner store you know the v12 mercedes pulls up nobody's ever seen that like what is that who there's 13 feet tall who is that oh shit, that's kemp like and then to interview him, you know, like, and and he's and he's he is barreling through the dab. He does big kills the whole dab, and Man. he's just like, okay, what's next? What's next? Like, <laughs> so, and he's got like eighteen and a half kids. I tell I'm you, like, I'm one of them. Chris got, got him on the show. He was like, I have something to tell you. I'm one of your kids, and, and, and he totally that. got him. Sean yeah. was like, oh, uh huh. Like, uh, I'm joking. I'm joking, man. But, uh, yeah, because he's uh they say you never want to meet your idols. Um, and that's true, but that turned out different with him. He's exactly what you think he is. Down to earth, legitimate. He's came to the he's he doesn't miss a Davros now yeah. that he's been <clears throat> Sean, to them. Sean's just an upstanding guy all the way around. Um there was a competing brand let's cut you off real quick. There was a competing brand that um said that they were better than us or whatever and held up their stuff and called us out in a video back in medical days. Sean saw that video, called me and was, I didn't say that. That's them twisting it just next to me, making it seem like I'm saying that. Where do you live? I'm coming to your house right now. We're going to do a video and tell them that, that they were dumb. And he drove straight to my house, sat and ate dinner with me, did a video in my kitchen. It was just like, I'm setting it right because I'm not letting shit like that out there. Mm, I was just man. like, dude, Sean's a real one. Yeah, he stands up and he stands on it. Yeah. And um he's i've seen 30 people in line waiting for him to sign whatever he's brought and he's signing it happily pictures everything he's he's one of the dopest people ever straight up so yeah sean kent was my favorite guest on the dab roast and shout out all the guests i, <laughs> I love all of you but, fuckers. but it's can you know kent man is is icon for where we're from in right, our era man. 
And then I, I also tell everyone, like, you know, I didn't realize this until I started getting out of the PNW, but for the longest, right, like back before we put weed on our Instagram stories and shit, and you didn't even talk about it on the phone or text about it. Well, okay, well, I, you know, back back in the day, I was a little scared of, of you know, the federales were, were on the end, other end of every conversation, apparently, was the, you know, right. but no let me get a, let me me get a gp for a 20 bag get a kemp for a 40 man we grew up using yeah you were getting getting an eighth or a dub was a gary payton or a sean kemp and so it's so dope all these years later the sean kemp obviously we knew him for you know got in trouble for smoking weed while he's in the league but now he's really in weed where it's like dude i used your name to sell and to acquire (laughs) so many eighths bro Bro, y'all see his new shoes (laughs) yeah yeah one of those dropping i don't know when they're dropping yet but he has the uh the Kraken colors on there, yeah. New with shoes, uh, new Reeboks, like man. Zebra print and suede. Oh, yeah, they're, they're filthy. I haven't even seen them. Yeah, he just, he just, he just dropped new camps. Reeboks, Reeboks back yeah. to how they were back in the day too. Like, it's like that's that new, new Kamikaze shoes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's really part of the community. How he's turning it up. He's at the events. He's not and turning down nothing but his collar. He, he brought he's it up here. to me one time that what he misses about the Sonics so much was not necessarily the basketball team. It's what the basketball team meant to the community. Mm. Every basketball member did community events, did community outreach, did things for the communities they came from here or they lived in here. And when the basketball team left, all that outreach stopped too. Mm. All those community events stopped too. And he misses that more than the basketball team. Right. Wow, I, found, I found that pretty powerful, yeah. 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 Ooh, how, does a, how does a professional basketball team leave the state it's been in? How does that that always baffled me? Like we don't have the supersonics. And what's even worse, not to go on too much of a tangent, is when homeboy Chris Hansen bought the Sacramento Kings, and the commissioner or whatever vetoed it because they said it wouldn't be right to take another team's city's team or some shit to the city who had their team taken from. It was like that. This like what punishment? Who did we piss off? Right. Who higher ups? What we did to you wouldn't be right to do to anyone else but you. Is essentially what they said, and right. it was oh man, yeah. Still, so many things heard of that. But what what we're talking about, you know, Sean Kemp. Obviously, you're saying you know you're giving props to his lungs, which and you said most of these guests do. But has there been a guest that has surprised either one of you with like just their lung capacity? I mean, other than Sean Kemp. I mean, he just really did surprise me. And uh, Adam Ill, he can take some I mean, dabs for real. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Adam Ill, he can take some dabs for real. Koala Puff, she could, she's a dabber. Yeah, yeah she's a little dabber. <laughs> but those, those are like the cannabis influencers that came up because they take their dabs and because people love seeing them dabs. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there's been some, some heavy dabbers on the show. Doug Benson, oh, man, he could dab. He's an advent stoner. Yes, he is real. the real. He actually smokes all day, every day. Doug Vincent or Adam Neal, what? Them two <laughs> neck and neck on the intake. Because, Kemp, you see him barreling. He's redlining the whole episode. It's a green screen behind us, and it's just, like, fidgety. It's sketchy because of the smoke. He's he's blowing out <laughs> smoke clouds. Like, yeah, this dude is in the cannabis culture. And we welcome you with open that's, arms. That, that's surprising. Like, Ad, I know Adam. You know, I was actually just talking to him yesterday. So he's he's one of those dudes that's smoking every time I talk to him. Tough, Whether it's yeah. on the phone, in person, always smoking. smoking. Always Me smoking. Too. But But a camp that's uh, definitely, uh, you know, it's not, I guess it's not, he's a big dude. And he obviously has loved cannabis for a while. But putting 10 dabs down like that is uh, last is not a party. He, he was forever had. We weren't burned through like three different Canagars. Can, yeah, Canagars is his thing. Now he he'll loves, dab, he'll loves smoke, them Canagars. He stays with the Canagar, the big ones. That's what she said. <laughs> like the 10 gram Canagars. He just killed like three of them throughout the whole night. Oh, Doug, man. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say something to every Nate Robinson. After each dab, before he quit, he quit her. He kept turning to me saying, Kemp did all these? All <laughs> yeah, he did. I swear, he did. I swear to God, I don't <laughs> my child really did all these dabs. <laughs> Can't get all these, man. All of them, bro. We got two more. We got more to go. Yeah, it, so <laughs> he was. <laughs> it's lit. He had to bow down. Well, shout out Nate. You shout know, Nate, Nate's done a lot for the city. That's I know his brother. I, I know his brother, man. Anthony, good people's man. He's a boss. Um, uh, he definitely hit his wall, stood up, and was just like, "Okay, 
take me to my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't let him go to a good guy. He's got guy, guys, guys. Uh, <laughs> I passed no judgment. That would have been me. They found me in the corner somewhere, just staring at my phone, probably. Still water on you. Look alive. Act like you've been here before. I'm, I'm a coffer. I, 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 two dabs into it, you'd be like, okay, this is a bad show to watch while we're listening to his coughing. <laughs> and I'm trying not to throw up. And that's, oh, I'm trying. and that's what I was going to ask is like the not coughing. Cause I know like for me, some, I don't know. It's like at this point in my smoking, like some days I smoke a whole blunt, no cough, take a big bong rip, don't cough. I don't know if it's strain or day or diet, you know, but sometimes I hit it and I, you know, it hits that Ooh. spot and it's like, it's uh, over. so how do you manage that, 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 that's cute. You said your, your setup. I I'm with it too. Is this going to be it? <laughs> I'm surprised I ain't did it on the show. These are thumpers. I'm, I'm rolling. Like, yeah. But I, I usually put oil on the inside of the blunts or joints I'm smoking. I didn't, so that might be mm. part of it. But, you know, I just try not to go overboard. Like Adam Hill said, just, just breathe that shit in, Chris. Like, yeah, you're right. Big puffs or whatever. Huh? Oh, yeah. So I was telling the guy, you got to either invest or <laughs> so. You know, see, showing out. Shit. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> Done. See, and it wasn't a it wasn't a coughing fit, but it had the potential to go left yeah. really fast. You see that. Chris so, likes to use noise to get rid of the coughs. You know, but yeah, I know we interviewed I got the lavalier and shit on me and stuff, but yeah, I'd be having a fit right now. And I feel the noise helps alleviate sure. some of the pain from the what you're experiencing. Takes the pressure off or something. The pressure yeah. off, thank you. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for these episodes, I know we're at the studio, we're on the backside, people can't see we're on the backside where a lot of these have been filmed. And then you film some down in LA. Mm -hmm. What's been kind of the, the preferred place of filming? Do you, do you care much where you guys film or, or is that the environment you know, bad or filmed, take away we from We filmed it? everything on green screens because we wanted to have interesting backgrounds and interesting 3D effects and stuff like that. And in the actual um editing process of it that stuff is just really hard to get off looking right and um whether the smoke because of the smoke yeah i mean we're smoking and filling the room up right and that makes the edges around you just real hard to work with on the green screen and the smoke going through the air you see the green screen start coming through the smoke and it's ggn tv snoop dogs show yeah. look at that so um moving forward we're going to kill the green screen if you, if we turned the camera around right here, you'd see our whole green screen room is actually a white wall now. Infinity wall. Yeah, a white infinity room for photos and everything else. But uh, moving forward, um, we're just shooting in a little different <laughs> different way of shooting. So we're not using the sit down at a table green screen kind of a thing anymore. Okay. And the white wall, still similar at aspect, just different color of screen? Similar aspect with the white wall versus a green screen, but we're not going to get rid of and try to place a background on it. If we're going to film on the white wall, then we're just going to use a white infinity background. Okay. Okay. And then what did, what did it take? Because I know when you went to LA, you guys had the, you know, had the mansion mm -hmm. uh, filming there. What, what, it, what, how much went into putting that together? A whole season filmed in a week or a couple days? and a party in this house and booking well, all the it celebrities was time, so we couldn't really invite a bunch of people yeah we had to have everybody in the we had to have a covid test and a um or there wasn't even vaccines back then so um right. i mean it was very very closed set and because we were so um adamant about not getting covid to the stars we were bringing in we got an RV and we drove down, so we didn't even fly down. We, we, we got an RV and we made a whole trip of it and went down there like family and stayed inside of a big mansion together, which we probably should have done it without the mansion. That was a lot of money, but it was really fun. Oscar De La Hoya's mansion. It was really cool. Yeah, so we needed that. Shout out Oscar De La Hoya's old mansion. That joint is everything. You had to knock a lot of it, motherfuckers out for you guys it, to enjoy that. It was that. very right. awesome. Um, but that's when it comes into taking on partners, taking on sponsors, getting a lot of people, their media and their content out of this as well. And a lot of people get to come to the mansion and experience it with us. So I mean, we had a couple sponsors, uh, another executive producer that came on with us that stayed at the mansion, watched it and got to actually have the whole experience of it as well. 
And, you know, on, on part of that as sponsors, like is, you know, I, I've known you've been doing events and things since the medical days of Washington. Mm-hmm. You've been in this a long time events before cannabis and even cannabis events before the majority of people out there in the industry watching have done, you know, a decade plus in this. Um, how much you feel like has changed in terms of like getting sponsorships and brands understanding branding and getting their message out there? Because at the start, you know, in medical, some people want to keep things under wraps at the start of legalization. That phrase I hate, the weed sells itself, actually is true. You know, when you first have legal weed and there's limited supply, sure, there's a line out of any store. You could charge whatever you want. People just want it. But at a certain point, it's more competitive. When it levels off, it turns into yeah, a there's, branding There's more supply than there is demand, right? And mm-hmm. branding and just like any other consumer package good or athlete or entertainment, brand matters. So what? when did you kind of notice that shift in Washington and, and some of the aspects that have changed alongside that in terms of like what matters to a brand in terms of getting their name out there? I mean, what matters to a brand getting their name out there is always the bud tenders. They're the ones who are actually the salespeople of this marketplace. So uh, I've taken a lot of sponsors onto our show. Our show is completely um, community built. We started the show doing our pilot season by asking brands to give us $500 and three grams. And from that, we built the whole show um, and turned into $1,000 um, coming from the, the LA episodes. So 10 dabs on there. Uh, 10 different thousand dollar sponsors. We got $10,000 an episode to go film and get everything done. And then we sold commercial slots in the middle of them. So we had like a $15,000 budget for every episode to get it done. You look at 24 episodes on that, we have a, a good amount of money put into this. And a lot of that goes to production, right? It's not All you, put, it. yeah, it's not you putting it in your Zero pocket, right? Profit. <laughs> Zero profit. Yeah, there has been no profit made because we're, we're building this for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just going to be a dab show and um working with like the national cannabis party now and the getting behind the purpose of that is, is going to be a big deal and on, on that note obviously that's through a partnership of you working with Redman. i know Redman was originally slated to be a guest on an episode and i know you've known him for you know predating that experience but went from being a guest to then becoming a partner so how, how did that kind of situation unfold he just saw we were coming to the end of our season and looking back at the episodes, he's like, how are you working with your sponsors? Are you going to be able to continue to do this? And um, quite honestly, in our format and how we were working it, sponsors were starting to slow down. We have tapped a lot of people for a long time to get 24 episodes done. And he just said, how can I help? Can I, can I toss in some notes? Can I give you some notes of what I think this show needs? And I was like, sure, sure, Doc, send me some notes. And... The next morning, he sends me four pages of notes with it all bold on the bottom. These notes are protected by Rich, <laughs> um, by Redman. So um, I looked at all the notes, and it was just about adding more community shots, more community storytelling. And to tell you the truth, it's nothing that Chris hadn't suggested for the show that my other number two, Jimmy, hasn't suggested for the show. I haven't thought that I wanted to do for the show anyways, but... With somebody like Redman and his followers and his history and his status coming on, it's a lot easier for me to tap a sponsor and say, hey, instead of $1,000, I need $35,000 for do an episode about you and we'll go film a story about your whole brand and put it in five, two and a half minute segments and Redman will come out and interview you guys and then we'll go interview a celebrity and we'll mix it all in together and have an episode that changes from a celebrity interview to a story about a brand to um, shots at our party to joke battling back and forth with dabs back to another celebrity question. The scene is going to change really fast and a whole lot. You're never going to be looking at the same thing for more than two minutes. So the new version of the show isn't a long form sit down interview. It's a fast paced moving bunch of different scenes, bunch of different locations, telling the cannabis story, Mm -hmm. seeing brands all over the country. And that's what I was going to ask is where, where are some of these places obviously being located in Washington? You've gone to California. I know you've been other places and worked with brands in other areas. But what, what are some of those other markets you got your eyes set on or, or looking to work in? Well, we went to Colorado. Shout out ETS, Extraction Tech Stainless. Oh, yeah. They're our main sponsors. They sponsored our whole first season with Chris Crazy before Red ever came on. They saw the benefit of everything we were doing and they gave us $200,000 with the lab equipment. 
Um, they got us their partnership with Across International and gave us a wall of ovens. Um, they're getting us the partnership that just closed with Huber to get us a big chiller inside here. So we're getting the NASA style built out lab based off of what we built together. And um, Redman came on and saw that progression, saw the forward movement, and was just like, let me help take this to the next level. What we're shooting now is not ever going to be on YouTube. Hmm. What we're shooting now is being pitched to TV. So we're, we're and nothing of anything we're doing would have been possible without the Canacam Harley. I got to make sure everybody Harley. follows yeah. the Canacam. Nothing would be possible without him. He not has been the drop. director, the editor, the, fo- the, the, the um, director of photography, the, the audio the guy, grip, the like like the key grip. The gra- he does the whole production pretty much just with a little help saying, can you just make sure this red light stays on mm-hmm. on this camera for me? And he's he's the guy. Um, now he has Redman coming on as being behind a camera and directing the interviews with the brands that we're going to. So um, with the addition of new content and um, addition of new segments um, from different people and, and creating personalities throughout the show, Chris will get to do a whole lot more now, too. He doesn't have to be stuck with interviewing just a celebrity. He can go. I love doing that. Though. He loves doing that, yes. <laughs> Um, but we are planning like glass episodes, showing off all the heady glass people, testing facility episodes. Maybe even we do some blind tests and have them test the same weed in 10 different facilities and we show that off. Um, a lot of different ways we're going to actually show the community and what the business is really like. We want the 30 year old that's never touched cannabis in their life ever, that's scared of it to be able to watch our show and say, these people are taking five concentrate dabs, 10 concentrate dabs, still having full conversations. And they're showing these crazy parties and all of these in-depth conversations about the legalization and what it will do for the country, what it's doing to the country, what the time scale for national legalization is looking like, and then tying in the National Cannabis Party, the first federally approved political party representing cannabis and getting people to register for that and go run for office under the Cannabis Party so we can actually create an umbrella for cannabis for the for our whole culture, for the country. Um, that is the, the overlying purpose of bringing it all together. And the show had an entertainment value and a purpose before was I was doing the Trump methodology of be so far off of what is normal that you push that little dial of what normal is. So we were doing 10 dabs, extreme cannabis to try to pull cannabis into the mainstream a little bit more. And it worked. We got an MSNBC. We got on Fox news. We got on complex. We got on um, fan sided. We got all these sites that would have never shown dabbing. We got them to show 10 dabs. The, 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 the Rose McGowan episode where she announces that she's now a Mexico citizen and she's not allowed back in America anymore. That shit went wild worldwide. <laughs> um, and it's her taking 10 dads. Um, so um, the purpose of the show originally was just to be extreme, to push the little needle of normal over for cannabis a little bit. And that purpose is now taken on a much big purpose of actually educating and galvanizing the country to there's an actual political party that's now federally approved that you can register for and you can run for office under. We're not going to meet this year's midterms, but there's big plans for next year's midterms to try to find people in Washington to run for office under cannabis. That's crazy. And that's, and that's, I think that's an important thing to highlight, right? You're moving it from like an extreme. It's not just taking, 10 dabs and we, we cut it down to five dabs because that's the bar of nate and ken is they they weren't dabbers they weren't weed smokers none of these guys yeah. were like yeah that. not so, like us no need to cut so them down. they that came was- in and, and and for timing on the show as well to make room for all the other segments we're, we're cutting the dabs to five dabs and then we're adding all the, the brands in and the parties in and an update from the ncp during the middle of every episode <laughs> excuse me so that we can truly do something with this show. Awesome. Awesome. And and on that, I'm breaking the stigma. Chris, you've been obviously, you know, social media influencer. You know, sometimes that that uh 
that that name or that title, you know, is a great thing or we take it with a grain of salt. But I know you've been you've had a good following on social media and put out fucking hilarious content for a long time. You're also an artist. You've been you've been front. Your, your face has been front and cannabis on the ground and cannabis use has been associated with that. Like what I was saying earlier, I didn't document things you like I have. I think you've been one of those people that before it was cool, before it was something people rushed to do, you did. Because um, that's just who you kind of authentically are. Unapologetically. And so <laughs> as as times have changed and the stigma has changed, what have been some of the things that, that have kind of changed for you in terms of you've kind of been the same person, but the world around you in terms of its treatment to cannabis has kind of changed. Have you noticed much? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the king of shadow man. Right? <laughs> um, you got to type out the full name and get the scrolling and looking for it. You may not even see it from time to time. You know, um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not even fun anymore. It's not what it was, you know. Um, and you get shadow banned for for stuff that happened six years ago. Right, right, and and from my, from what I'm getting or gathering from it, like if you're shadow banned, it's there's no lift on it, or yeah, it's far. It's, they took my page for exactly one year and two days. On the third day, I got an email. Sorry for the mishap. Like, you know, in so many words, not no rhyme or reason to why, what was, what got flagged, was it? And you're definitely talking to a robot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's someone scrolling, looking, Scott McKinley, that's flagging. I respect my region. Get over yourself. That's a robot. That's yeah. A, and they're seeing stuff or seeing trigger words. And they're on, it's automatically attached to it. it so it's not what it was. When you filled out the paperwork, didn't you type in what the program was telling you to type in word for word just to be able to get your account back? Uh, I tried that. I did that two or three times or something. But then a year later, you know, did I go through all the steps? Did I? At at a certain point, I just stopped. Fuck all that work, all those years, those memories, those dead people that were on the page, or any of your funny moments or celebrities. It's all gone. All for all gone. For Mm. what? For what? So I started another page, got to about thirty-five thousand, and then that's when I got the email. Your page, you're like, what? To put in the password? Nope. And had to do it again to make a new one, and boom, what? back on. Like, holy moly! And got my big page back. And then it's just went down since I get back. The numbers just go down, just yeah, eventually over time. So I've lost twelve thousand followers since I've gotten the page back video just yesterday 80,000 views on no not a follow not a bump in numbers not a nothing so if you notice if you have a a good video or or something Instagram themes good it's the boost post button on the side yeah for you to pay it's a paywall now on everything on Instagram Facebook Twitter whatever it's a paywall now so it's set up for nobody to go viral pretty much and you get paid from that. And if you're doing cannabis, you can't boost it. You can't get paid from it, and you can't pay to boost it. Not at all. No, not not that I know of. Yeah. You know, so and that I see means people, we need a new system, man. Yeah. See, I hear that. Right. Burners even tried it. A new system. Ain't nobody going to that shit. And it's and nobody went there. We're here at Twitter. We're here at Facebook. Did, did he here. ever release it? I don't know. They, I think this is like the third time of him yeah. doing it. I think they're meta tested it. It'll probably go. It'll probably do some stuff. You know, or it may take over the world like cookies did. So shout out, Burner. Yeah, I'm just like trying to speak for everybody. Like nobody's going to that. Oh, what site? That's new. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it's going right where it's hot. And that Facebook, these things. It's too hard to go to respectmyregion.com and and see what I want to see. They got an Instagram clip of it. Yeah, thirty seconds. Because that's where everybody's at. That's where. So it's like it's 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 fun to say we need a. If it's not jumping, yeah, I mean, it's, going. it's so what we're talking about off camera, you know, clout, right? Clout demands that attracts people fucking sell their mom the for clout. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so when something has clout, it has something. But I, I also think, like, my personal opinion is like, I don't want a social media just for basketball and one just for shoes and one just for cannabis. I want to be all of me on one place, and cannabis happens to be a big part of that, and like, not big enough, right? Where I would just do this for can't right like i got my netflix and then i have my netflix for cannabis now i just got netflix put right. the cannabis shit on, on it, you know right. what i mean like i don't Born and that and that's if i go on instagram well, i want to see if instagram allowed 
cannabis or had a green check mark so that you knew, oh, wait, that's a cannabis page. I don't want to follow cannabis stuff. They should make a green check mark or something like that. That would open it up completely. Um, but if there's no source out there, I mean, TikTok is so tight oh, on yeah. any kind of cannabis stuff. You, I, I mean, I'm on my third last warning. <laughs> I'm on my fourth. Yeah, I think you get five or something. Like, that's shadow band. That's press. That's, they're not having it. They're not having it. TikTok definitely isn't. It's, a, it's two billion people on TikTok. Yeah. Any given hour of the day, there's not a hashtag for Bud or weed or that. Like, what? They're not fucking with it. It's no. all, so, even if you say it, they have the program that transcribes everything said. Yeah, the trigger word. If you say the trigger word, it's going to transcribe into that trigger word, instantly gets taken down. So everybody uses the little emojis, the little plant emoji. And Maybe. If, or the, I see people doing this now with no joy in their hand. You know, there, there's one of, lady on TikTok that walks through her weed garden, but she says over and over again, these are my lovely tomatoes. Check out all my tomatoes. And funny. she never gets taken down. Shout, shout out her. She's yeah. named the brand man, brand tomatoes. Um, <laughs> but you know, back back to the Dabros. You know, you guys are working on some new content. What are some bucket list guests that you want to have on this show? Michael Phelps, Mike Tyson, two mics. Yeah. Okay. Tommy Chong dared Mike Tyson to do it on our um, season finale. Okay. And we have Mammoth Labs doing all the Tyson dabs now. George, shout out Mammoth Labs, George. Shout out. Um, he's working on trying to get on Mike Tyson's schedule for us to do it. We okay. just haven't been able to link it yet, but we will eventually get us sit down with Mike. Marshawn think, Lynch, too. Marshawn Lynch, too. We've been talking to his camp for a year. That'd be a good – Marshawn, yeah. that'd be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, God. Ah. That'd be so entertaining. Th those are some big ones. I mean, another one, TJ Miller. I want to go talk to That's that guy. Um, 2 chains just said just fly to Atlanta. He'd do it. So Okay. Um, I didn't know that. We're getting on a bus right after this shit's <laughs> over. What? That'd be a um, good one too, you know. Yeah. So we we've got a few good people lined up. Shavo from System of a Down, he's down to jump on with us. Get another metal one in there. You know that's where I'm all about. All these hip hop guys are cool, but I need some fucking metal on there. Yeah, I know that's that's <laughs> that's your your background right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean the System of a Down, get out of here. Yeah. Oh Shit, really? Shavo, <laughs> you listening? We we're down. <laughs> hey, he's getting out there. I just saw he was at Hall of Flowers, man. Yeah, walking he's got around. Red he's, got the, he's got the brand yeah, Red Twenty Two starting to starting to blow up a little bit more. So yeah, I, mean, I think it'd be there. And that, that'd be interesting. Who do you guys have some episodes in the tuck that you're excited to come out or keeping those kind of on the quiet? Well, Doug quiet Benson list? and Tommy Chong's episodes, both of those are just fire, man. Okay. Um Doug Benson is probably my favorite episode as far as the content. Uh, of the funniness because he gives Chris shit the whole <laughs> episode. And, and Chris is like, what's your least favorite interview? He said, this one. This one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's this like, guy. fuck. He, uh, he um, just gave Chris shit the whole time. It was uh, great. The whole time. And he looks, well, he is plastered, but he's one of the ones that look wrecked when he smokes. You know, you see some people like, bro, you're fucked up, man. You all right? You that's that's the and he and we just started control. we just started using cue cards which is great to use cue cards it makes it look a lot better but Doug Benson would real fast read the question of the cue card before Chris says it so he already had a quick answer to come out <laughs> so he was he was definitely that on top of balls. on top he of was, busting balls so it's was, a really funny episode yeah that's good I mean some some guests you know you might fuck with a little bit so yeah. you know you, you kind of finally first he spoke for Doug all was a professional by all means yeah. yeah he's a funny time. dude yeah. Shout out Doug I'd, I'd love to get him up here. Our next episode release is the Doug Benson release party. I'd love to get him up here for that. So uh, I need to work with a sponsor. Anybody out there want to help get Doug up here for our, our next party? Give me a call. Okay. Okay. And then one, you know, one last thing I wanted to make sure we touch on is obviously you got the, you know, you got the equipment, you've had the brand and the product. So kind of curious about the, the product integration from the show to actually having product on the shelves and, and what the life cycle of that's been. Well, our first, sponsor our first corporate sponsor was calyx containers and they sent us twenty thousand containers and i have a license but i wasn't using it at that time because we have this side of the warehouse that we smoke in um our lcb agent was just like seal the wall off and create two different businesses so you can open your license back up so i opened my license back up and then um, companies that were giving us 500 dollars to be on the show i'd say hey give me 500 dollars of wholesale on a transfer to my license, I'll go sell it to get the money so make it easier on you. And then the sponsors were very excited. They were like, oh, shit, I can pay you in dabs and get the marketing out of it. Um, that's that's a great way to do this. 
So I started doing the legwork of just introducing myself, reintroducing myself that hadn't been in 502 for many years, um, back to all of the stores and getting back on shelves with the brand. Um, so I filled the free containers with sponsored dabs, and that's what really funded the bigger part of going to LA to do the further 10 episodes. I got back, and unfortunately, some of the dabs people gave me were great. Some of the dabs that they gave me were the ones they didn't want to sell. So I spent six months trading those out in stores mm. to better quality dabs and helping our name because we got the machines now. So now we're making our own dabs. We're, we're controlling the quality versus just using sponsored dabs to get out on the market. Um, so yeah, I couldn't be happier about where we are in the market now. I'm in 90 stores, almost 100, and we're making high quality dabs. We're, we're tolling now for four different companies, mm. um, making stuff for them, about to get a really big contract hopefully later today. Um, and I'll have a, a big name that we're producing the dabs for here. Uh, they are sending us another machine on top of this one right now. So we'll have two machines running back wow. to back. So, I mean, we're just constantly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're, we're working on a really big announcement for the National Cannabis Party with a giant music festival coming in Washington. We have the dates picked. We were looking at different locations. Uh, and as soon as we get that one announced, that, that's going to be huge, huge, huge. Um, can't wait to get a festival people can come to and register to vote and find out how to run for your office under the cannabis at this festival. That's fire. And, and, I, and I like that. I like that part of the story where it's like to, to have the vision requires funding, getting the funding. You went an unconventional route that took more, more time and turned into even taking more time than initially slotted, mm -hmm. but I had to put the work in to flip the work, to reinvest the work into something else and make that work. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I very much, liking that that aspect By of the all story. Means, anybody that looks at me online thinks that we are just fucking killing it which we are but <laughs> if you really look at the bank we're barely scraping there because i mean we're bootstrapping everything and i'm proud of it yeah. we started with nothing not a dollar in the bank and we were working on three separate cameras that all looked different different color balances one sony one camera uh, uh, canon and one nikon started this show now we've got um, multiple reds that get mm. set up and we do it properly and, and the, the shit is nice and we've worked all the way up to this point because the community just thought it was a cool idea and got behind it but at no point in time were we um, flush yeah <laughs> and well. we're still at that point where we're depending on sponsors for every episode every party could not happen without the community getting behind us. Mm. It is 100% a community effort. And now our community just got a lot bigger when Redman came on because we're not selling to the Washington market anymore. We're selling to the United States market. Um, we're going to Boston this weekend. Um, we shot in Colorado, we shot in LA, we shot in Oregon, or uh, we shot in Washington. We, we're talking to people all over the place. So. Um, if anybody out there in the whole country has a cannabis brand and they want Redman to come sit down and tell your whole story, we'll send you a pitch deck. It's a pretty good cost, but we don't make money on it. We're literally just putting it together at cost so that we can get something on national TV to help get the National Cannabis Party's message spread. I love it, man. I love it. Anything else you guys want to plug before we get up out of here? Um, shit. Watch the dab roast. Watch the previous episodes, those seasons. They're still out there on YouTube. If, um, and yeah, get prepared for season two. It's it's coming. If Full you steam. yeah, if you uh wanna see where we came from, go to the dabros.tv and you can watch the first eight pilot episodes with shitty cameras and shitty audio, but I still make them public on the website because I want people to see the progression mm, of coming from zero money with not good production and learning through every episode yeah. gets better and better and better quality until now we're shooting with reds and big studios until now we don't want the studio anymore we want to take our equipment to people's homes or or two different areas uh, labs and, and farms and we want to shoot a completely different style now because we're just getting better and better and seeing what works i love that man it's, it's all about you know so many people obsess over like i gotta have this level before i get started and for me it's always been 
you got to just get started. You figure this shit out. Yeah. Once you do it, you're going to fuck nine things up the first time. There's going to be shit you didn't even know you need to know until the fifth time you do it. And you can't, so if you don't get there, you're not going to get it. Story. Run it. Um, we shot Tommy Chong. Six questions into the Tommy Chong episode, somebody steps on the, the audio recorder and blips out the audio recorder. And 200 people in the room, we had to shoot the whole first six questions over again. Super boiling, hot inside of here. 300 degrees in here. And, and we had to just go back and shoot all of the questions over again, and we did. And Tommy was just all about it, super about it. Mm. When we got the box all plugged back in and went to work on the memory card, we did recover the audio for the first six. So we have the first six questions shot twice. Mm. Um, But it was definitely a a test of experience in the room of just don't lose your cool, keep pushing forward. We can get this done. We've done 23 other episodes, a good team. We just... All right, Tommy, we just lost six questions. Let's just roll through this again and just calmly get through it. And everybody in the room is like, holy shit. But we made it work. Awesome. We didn't have a problem with it. So shout yeah. out to Mr. Chong, Michelle. Yeah. Doing an extra six, man, for the cause. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And this is the RMR Podcast, episode 47. I'm with the Dab Roast. We'll be checking in with more content later this week.